Hello and welcome to Vocal, a show by Sounder where we chat with thriving podcasters to uncover stories and actionable insights that can help other creators sharpen their craft. If you're interested in going behind the scenes of a podcaster's journey, discovering growth tactics that actually worked for the pros, and learning from a diverse range of experts in many fields, you're in the right place. I'm Jackie O, your host for this episode. Today we're being joined by Jaron Myers and Tim Stone, the co-hosts of Things I Learned Last Night, otherwise known as Tillin, T-I-L-L-N, an educational comedy or edutainment podcast with a unique format that turns Tim's relatable bad habit of oversurfing the internet every night into an opportunity for hilarious conversations on all things human. In the podcast, Tim shares his bizarre discoveries with his BFF, Jaron Myers, who outside of the show is a rising star comedian with nearly 1 million followers on TikTok. From a humanoid alien living in the Pentagon to dead internet theory and the most disturbing thing I've ever heard about the Dave Matthews ban, Tillin will tickle your brain with truths you may or may not be ready to know about the world around you. No matter what, you'll get a good laugh out of the lesson. This conversation covers the full range of how Tim and Jaren created their comedy podcast and grew it into a top 10% show. They were completely open in sharing all of the twists and turns that their podcast journey and creative business took to reach the level of success that they have today. If you're interested in growing a successful show with a co-host, building a career in comedy, or finding insights about podcasting wrapped in a bit of humor, there's a lot that we unpack that I think you'll enjoy. And with that... Let's dive in. So welcome. Thank you guys so much for joining me and joining us on our creator interview podcast. Last time we talked, you said that you're coming up on your 10-year friendiversary. So congratulations. <laughs> but I wanted to ask, when did the idea to start a podcast together come along and sort of what sparked that? We were roommates uh, and... Tim really does stay up late every night, just deep diving. The um, weirdest stuff. Yeah, until like <laughs> three or four in the morning. Well, I don't know if he still do it. But we, I do. When we, when we lived together, he was he couldn't sleep. He would just stay up all night. Mm-hmm. And then we would be having breakfast, uh, and he would just literally tell me about whatever dumb thing he had. I think the first conversation we had was about the Pythian Knights. Mm-hmm. There was like some weird like night, like borderline cult, but not really. Yeah. Like secret society down There's in a, Springfield. Yeah. Where we were living, there was a castle and he yeah. Googled the castle, got sucked into a wormhole over uh-huh. breakfast, is telling me all about it. And then uh, after, I don't know, a couple of weeks, we were kind of like, we should record those conversations. Yeah, we were having a lot of them. And so, I mean, we talked about it for years about recording it, but it didn't happen until we moved up to Kansas City. Um, and then we had an opportunity to use this podcasting space. I'll Actually, also not say far that was here. 2015. Mm-hmm. You know, podcasts mm-hmm. were... They were a thing. They were a thing, but they weren't like the thing, thing they are now. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't as easy to start a podcast as it is now, mm-hmm. I don't think. Mm-hmm. So it, it took us time to figure out. We didn't do it until... Because now you can just buy microphones and plug them into your computer and do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we, we had probably could have then. We, we just probably didn't, we didn't. We didn't really know what <laughs> we were We had we no doing. idea what we were doing. So our, our friends opened a podcasting studio in 2017, mm-hmm. and they were looking for clients to, like, do a monthly subscription and use the studio. And we were like, well, that's a good opportunity. We should just, you know, it was just 50 do bucks it. a month to 
mm-hmm. share an office space in a studio. And so we're like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. We recorded an episode about Halloween was our first one. And we said, Hey, this is just kind of a test run. Like yeah. we're not going to release this. Um, let's just but see what the format does. Yeah. And it, and we loved it. We yeah. like, we did it and we we're like, Hey, let's put this out. And the majority, honestly, the majority of our format came from that. What was supposed to be a test episode, the fiddle off. Like we close every episode with a fiddle off, um, which is a joke from that. Episode. Yeah. An inside joke about uh, the devil went down to Georgia. And so every episode ends with a little fiddle riff. Um, that comes from that episode. The way we start comes from that episode. Cause I just was like, Hey man. Uh, yeah. And so a lot of jokes have ran from that first episode that we didn't even plan on putting out. Yeah. How do you decide what topics to cover? Is it anything that you were researching or has it gotten to a point now where you show up with maybe several and you filter through them? Like, how do you guys decide that a creative idea is worth pursuing? Yeah, it's gotten a lot more systematic. Um, well, first of all, that is all Tim. I don't know the topics beforehand. Yeah. So when we sit down, I really am learning all the info. Yeah. When I say, hey, man, he has no idea what I'm going to say next. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of episodes where he'll be like, is this an alien thing? Like he genuinely doesn't know. <laughs> I don't he know genuinely gets upset when it's an alien thing. <laughs> but it seems like I don't I'm curious your answer on this because it seems like either um, you're doing topics that are highly searched and are, are like people are already actively seeking those things out, especially obviously the alien stuff you've already got a built-in audience for. But also a lot of the topics we've done recently, I have seen a documentary come out either right before we've talked about it or you know right around the time that we've talked about mm-hmm. it. Um, and so I'm sure that you're just looking at documentaries that are about to come out. <laughs> yeah, so there, it, it's definitely gotten a lot more there's more of a system now than there used to be originally it was literally it was legitimately the thing i learned last night and so like i would sit down the night before and just cram something on wikipedia um but now it's getting a lot more systematic we actually have um uh, we have a our patrons we have a discord with all of our patrons and they have a channel on there called ideas and feedback and they're all constantly just dropping wikipedia articles for me to research um and then they've brought us some really good topics they brought us some incredible topics and then I myself have been running, have a running list forever. And basically what I do is I go down uh, that list and anything that sounds kind of interesting, I'll, I'll read a little bit about it and I can get a pretty good idea pretty quickly. If there, if it's a going to flow well as an episode, if there's enough content, if it's like, we look for more story driven content. Now we did an episode about golf that was just kind of boring. Um, and so we need stuff that's more, yeah, more of a story, more, more intrigue to it. And so, um, I can get an idea of that pretty quick. And then I go do, I actually do an, like an SEO trend. Uh, and I look to see how many people are searching this topic right now. Is it on, are we on the front end of a trend or the back end of a trend? Mm-hmm. Um, and every once in a while I find a topic where I'm like, this is just too good. Like it's not trending. We're not going to get anywhere with it, but our audience needs to hear this story. Um, but for the most part, I try to find something that, um, that has that decent bit of catching a wave. Um, so there yeah. is a strategy now. There didn't used to be. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we spent like the first half of our, well, for the first two seasons that we did. We've done over yeah. 100 episodes now, but I would say the first uh, 20 or 30 is just us figuring it out. And mm-hmm. then we started to kind of get a flow of the topics are important. Yeah. But. Both in the podcast and your stand-up, Jaren, there's a lot of improvisational comedy 
And after so many years of being a stand-up comedian, and now this is a part of your format, do you have any rules of thumbs or principles in your own work to be funny on the fly? Like, have you, do you have any system for your own improvisational style? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the, you know, obviously if you've taken an improv class before, the first rule is yes and. Um, and we realized that that's all we and Tim are doing the whole podcast is that no idea is stupid. Um, and so like when we're doing bits or whatever, uh, and our, our podcast is unique because it's a comedy thing, but it also works with when we're doing ideation as far as like growth strategies and all that stuff, um, is that really it's, it's throwing stuff out there and then building on top of it, no matter how ridiculous it is and just going with, cause as soon as you say no, the bit is done. Uh, and it's the same thing of like at an audience, the control comes from you're saying you're like, if I'm asking a question to an audience and they respond and I go, ah, no, not that, you know, then it just shuts that down. Whereas if I go, oh, I like that. And I can use that idea to spin into something I've already got written material about or whatever. Um, but most of it is just about feeding off of instead of shutting things out and trying to go a specific direction. Mm -hmm. Because once you try to do that specific direction, it's, it really is like putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I hope that makes sense. But anyway, yeah, it it's, it's, yeah. As far as our bits and as far as like, even just the strategy behind what we do is, is very much just a yes and mentality mm -hmm. of, I like it. Here's how we could expand on it. And we play that out. And if we don't like where it plays out, you know, then we can edit it out or we yeah. can do whatever. Um, but the important thing is to follow the thread um, and keep <laughs> sometimes too far, yeah, um, but, yeah. <laughs> but keep following it because you don't know where that's going to end up and you mm -hmm. end up in places that you wouldn't have before. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. We, we do yeah. a lot of bits where we kind of like, uh, like to create this imaginary scenario. And one of my favorites uh, was the Mothman bit. Oh, yeah. And so we did a bit where it's like, you're like, you got left home alone and your parents like try to tell you to clean up some stuff in the house. And we just kind of took that where it's like, you try to come up with a reason why you didn't do anything. And, and then you, the Mothman showed up yeah. and then they were coloring on the walls. They were coloring, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> and you just keep that's, that's leveling it up. Yeah. But then you go to, well, what were they painting on the wall? You know? And yeah. just, but it ends up being more fun for the listener as well, yeah. whenever you are letting yourself follow that stream. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like I said, sometimes there are bits where we, we realize pretty quick, we go, ah, it's not gonna work. <laughs> What's a thing you learned last night episode that went the most bonkers? Looking back oh, on the gosh. As far as like out of control, the episode yeah. itself got out of control. Yeah. Golly. Um, <laughs> there's a couple that got out of hand. Oh man, that's a good question. Well, there's a couple bits that we've done, like the Lon Cherry Larry yeah. episode. If you go watch the video of that, every time the camera cuts back, <laughs> I'm changing my shirt. Yeah. And so like when the camera cuts to just Tim and I'm out of frame, I'm taking a shirt off and putting the other <laughs> one on. And so if you watch the episode, yeah. every other shot, I'm wearing a different sweater. And you can see me when it's on me. You can see me trying, trying. really hard not to laugh at yeah. it. Because he literally had his entire wardrobe piled pile up next to him. Of course. Like yeah, he literally was through. just swapping shirts. Um, and and that was, was just something literally minutes before. He's like, what if I just changed 
every shot, every shot I was wearing something different and he yeah. just went and grabbed his whole closet and just got it ready. <laughs> Launcher alert. We got that kind of bit. And then there's the bits where it's like, we went down too many tangents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say Tesla bot. Tesla bot. Yeah. Tesla bot was a bonus. So that works a little bit better, but yeah, we got really ridiculous with like battle bots and stuff. On that one. And then the 1904 Olympics is still oh, gosh. Is probably my favorite episode. That we had. <laughs> yeah. That um, one got because wild. It, 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 the 1904 Olympics episode, I feel like has the perfect balance of information mm-hmm. and also funny bits that got way mm-hmm. out of control. And the story itself, like it's, it's an engaging story, but it's also like, you could just tell that story by itself and you're like, that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually considering doing some of that during, like I've been, I've been using some of these topics as in my stand up bits. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good place to test it. <laughs> How do you keep your comedy game sharp? So like, is it just the act of repetition, doing the podcast, doing the stand up? Is there anything that you watch? Are there role models that you guys have had? Um, well, first of all, we're just funny. I think um, <laughs> <laughs> like we just, we, we make each other laugh all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like literally on the way back from lunch, we pass on the way to lunch, we pass an Applebee's and Tim just goes. It's like a good Applebee's. That's though. what I'm saying. He goes, that's a fancy looking Applebee. That's a nice Applebee's. It's like a good Applebee's. And so we'll do bits on the way back. But we just, so we make each other laugh in our friendship all the time. And so carrying that into the show helps. But as far as like, I write every day, um, like with stand up, I make a habit of trying to, even if it's a bad joke, just writing some, showing up and doing something. Um, and then, uh, Man, as far as like keeping sharp with comedy stuff. I mean, you're always watching stand specials. Like literally any anytime I'm like, hey, have you seen this new special? And he's like, Oh yeah, I've already seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's I always watch, watching specials. Well, I, but it's not even it's like those are some of them are my friends. I'm like watching, yeah, I'm doing a support, not That's study. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, I, I watch a lot of stand-up, I go to a lot of stand-up shows. Um, I do stand up often. And so, you know, it's it's kind of like if you want to be a fit person you can't just expect to work out once a month and be like okay now i'm ripped Mm -hmm. you know it's a all-encompassing it's not it's not even just about your workout it's about the diet it's about you Mm -hmm. know there's so much more than just the going to the gym this analogy makes sense yeah Uh, i'll make it make sense to comedy in a second but you know what i'm saying (laughs) like it is a it's an all-encompassing like i am if we laugh hard about something and it's not on the podcast like I, if I'm with a group of people, yeah. a group of strangers and I make them laugh, I remember that. And mm-hmm. I try to, you know, I try to turn that try into to something that. I do on stage. Yeah. I will say like, I mean, you've been doing this for what, eight years, mm-hmm. eight years now. And I remember like, I used to travel with him when he first started. Um, and he was yeah. constantly like, I mean, he would constantly do these shows with three people in the room, mm-hmm. but he would he would perform like it was 200 people in the room. Um, and so it's like, I think with anything you do, like it doesn't matter. Like if you're working on a project where you, you know, you're making all this money or, you know, a lot of people are going to see it, uh, do that to the top level. You can do it. Um, and slowly over time, you'll start to see your level actually start to hit that Mm -hmm. really high level. Um, because the only way to get better at something is to do it and just do it a ton. And so, um, Oh, I'll also say one of the things we used to do in the van when we were driving to gigs was, uh, Tim would give me two topics. Do you remember doing this? Yeah. 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 We'd give me two topics and I would have to come up with one or two sentences to connect them. Mm -hmm. And so if it's like mayonnaise and a tire shop, yeah. Um, you know, then I just got to come up with a sentence that's like, uh, 
you know, when you're, you're trying real hard to squeeze the jar, of, like open the jar of mayonnaise and all that. I feel the same when I'm trying to untie the bolts on the car when I'm changing the tire. Um, so I have to come up with like, it doesn't have to be funny or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's just a segue sentence to get from one random mm-hmm. topic to a completely different one. It's exercising uh, your brain. Seamless. Mm-hmm. It's and like so, Wordle. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> we just, and we would just, we would just be driving in the car cause we had like four hour car drives or whatever. And he would just, we would just do that back and forth of that's just a quick way of, you know, developing words and getting to the point fast. You both That's feel... That's a tangible example. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of something to give you. <laughs> no, it's great. You both feel really confident and comfortable in your craft now. Was it always that way? Do you guys feel like by the time that you picked up this work together, you were feeling pretty confident? Because earlier too, you talked about the golf episode and how it kind of felt like a flub, but you put it out anyways. Yeah. So is did that thick skin kind of just develop incrementally or... You know, was there like a tipping point where after a certain number of episodes? Yeah. Yeah. Jaren looked at me like he had a thought, but I don't know what it is. It'll help. (laughs) It helped that for the first, I don't know, 50 episodes, Tim treated this like a hobby. It was. Um, It was for me. Because, I mean, seriously, this was, it was a hobby for me. I was working another job that I was a little too... Uh, uh, given a little too much of myself too. Uh, and so I didn't commit to this like I wanted to. But I don't know if that like helped or hurt us. Yeah, because I, I, I really didn't care that much. Like right. it was just a fun thing. And that's what I was trying to say was like, yeah. you weren't overthinking the content at that True. point. Um, and so I don't know if we were, but I will say in 2020 is when we started to get a little more analytical and strategic about it. Mm-hmm. And that's whenever... Um, it kind of became, there have been some episodes where I go, ah, you know, that wasn't as great as it has been. Yeah. Um, and obviously we can point to episodes where we go, that is a 10 out of 10 episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're putting out episodes anymore that are, you know, sub, I think golf is our worst one. Hopefully By people far. listening to this don't go be like, Oh, well, I want to hear the worst one. You know? <laughs> uh, but I, I do yeah. think that there was, you know, like I said, those first 20 or 30 episodes that we did was a learning curve of figuring out what, and you know, it's the same as (laughs) I got weird analogies, we'll go for it. It's the same as like a dating relationship, you know? Yeah. Like when you're first started dating somebody, you're, you're, you're taking in so much information, Mm -hmm. right? But after Mm -hmm. you've been in a relationship with somebody for a while, um, and you've been going on dates, you know, if this person doesn't like seafood, I'm not going to choose a sushi place. Yeah. You know? And so you start to learn those things and you give yourself grace at the beginning when you don't know those things. And so, um, I, I'm not like, I'm not of the position that we should pull episodes from the beginning mm-hmm. because they're not as good as the ones we're doing now. Of course they're not as good as the ones we're doing now. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been doing that for five years now. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just accepting like, oh, like the same thing with my stand-up clips. I've got old stand-up clips and I'm like, man, I really hope no one sees those because I wasn't good. Not, <laughs> not that there was anything offensive in them, but you know, like I just wasn't funny. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to actively be like, oh, let's scrub those from the internet. That was mm-hmm. still part of the process to become yeah. where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just giving ourselves grace. That. I, I think that's the important thing that I think a lot of people miss with anything is like, like you said, if you look back on everything in your life and you're like, yeah, I've got it all together. And like, there's nothing where you say, oh, I was really bad at that then. Oh, then you you haven't been growing. Yeah. You haven't grown at all. (laughs) Like you should look back on your life and be embarrassed of something. You should be embarrassed (laughs) about who you were last year. (laughs) Yeah. Like honestly, 
if you're not, then you didn't grow this year. <laughs> so uh, I, I think you have to give yourself the room to fail and to be not great at some things yeah. um, and definitely to fail. Like you just got to lose a lot um, because eventually like you learn lessons that way and get better at things. You're so motivational. <laughs> <laughs> Jaron, and this like you've had there's almost two tipping points that I'm looking at. Like you've had a tipping point in your career, like where you were able to become a full-time stand-up comedian. And there's also clearly been a tipping point in the podcast where now you guys are monetizing. You have all of these different sort of branches, merch, Patreon, um, IBM host um, ads that you insert. So I guess it's two separate ones and, and we can start, I would like to start with the, um, you as a comedian and then, and then apply it to the podcast too. Where was that tipping point in your career that let you go full time and what sort of, you know, extending that in terms of other people's journeys, trying to do the same thing, sort of what wisdom can you pull from that? Sure. Um, so in standup, I've been full time standup since 2000. 18 2017 2018 in that that window there Mm -hmm. i had a a video my first time ever going viral was in november of 2017 um and that was a video that it opened up a lot of connections for me Uh, it was a chick-fil-a rap video i did Mm -hmm. and uh you know i had been so the way i started was um a a church called and asked me to do my funny songs for their valentine's banquet And so I did that and then they, you know, I did well at that and they told like five other churches and suddenly I had a couple strings of gigs and then I was just emailing churches and colleges and community centers. Um, And uh, (laughs) I think we did a a nursing home once. Um, Do you remember that in Louisiana? Yeah, that Mm -hmm. sucked. Yeah. Um, uh, But it was, it was, you know, at the beginning, it was a lot of me just cold emailing and just being like, hey, I'm a comedian. Here's a video. Here's, you know, here's an example of my work. So, I, you know, that I'm at least, uh, have, I was like, hey, look, I'm funny. And now I look back and I go, I wasn't, but that's okay. Um, but then the, the first time I went viral, I expected that to be like my arrival point. It was like, yeah. okay, now, because in 2017, a million views on a video was very different than a million views now. Yeah. Right. And so mm-hmm. 1 million views in a video was considered viral in 2017, especially because it was on Facebook and YouTube mm-hmm. and all that. And, um, and so I, I made a lot of new connections that way. I jumped to a hundred thousand followers on Facebook and it was like, Oh man, this is like, I'm arrived, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest thing I learned from that moment was that I hadn't prepared uh, a follow-up plan for if something did take off. Um, and So this is going to be relevant in a second, but so I did this video. It's insane. It's a great video. I knew it was going to go viral. We set a real car on fire. Right. But what I didn't do was I didn't create a follow-up plan for after I go viral. So I had, you know, I had been posting videos and doing this stuff online. And then I have this video that is above and beyond the quality of stuff that I had been posting before I put it out there. It hits hard. And my next video, I hadn't, I didn't know what I was following it up with. Right. And so then not that there was a fall off, but it was kind of like all these new fans and stuff were like, okay, let's see what he posts next. And I didn't have something else to give them. And so it kind of slowly was just like, all right, you know, I've got, you know, but that was something that did allow me to go full time with stand up because of the number of people who had seen the video and the connections I made just from that aspect. So mm-hmm. I started, I kept doing the stand up stuff. 
moving along. And since then, I have had something go viral every year. Um, so 2018, I snuck into a, a college graduation. That went mega viral. I got interviewed on all these news channels and all that. Um, and then 2019, the blind date went something went Was viral. it? I think it, I've had a few things. Oh, uh, the photo frames, possibly. Maybe. Um, Maybe. I've had a few. Th- anyway, I've had a few posts that are like it, it, those kind of kept adding to my show list. Um, and then when it came to our podcast, uh, TikTok, obviously, I repost all the content onto TikTok. It gets some traction or whatever. Uh, and we had already developed a system of putting episodes out. And then from those episodes, we were pulling clips. So the mistake I made in 2017 was that I put this thing out, it went viral, and I didn't have anything to follow it up with. I didn't have anything to point them to. In 2017, mm-hmm. I, w- I, I was just like, hey, book me for a show. Instead yeah. of now, I've got two Amazon specials and this podcast that if I go viral, I'm immediately going, hey, check out these here's things. this thing, you know, mm-hmm. and pointing all that new traffic to somewhere. Whereas in 2017, I didn't have anywhere to point them to. So I lost a lot of that traffic. Mm -hmm. So then all that to say in 2020, we get a good strategy of putting an episode out every week. We've already Mm -hmm. built the strategy of doing that. We rebuilt the website, built this big SEO plan, built this big social plan. And it was, I mean, we did that for uh, four, five months after we Mm -hmm. built that plan before anything hit. But we were working like we were hitting. Yeah. And then in... Uh, was it February 2021 or was it? I th- uh, February was when we, we relaunched. I think it was May, I think. Yeah, spring, Something of, like spring that. of 2021, uh, a clip of ours went viral on TikTok. Uh, but because we had been consistent with putting episodes out, we had something coming out every week. There was not only things that the new followers could go back and listen to, but we also had, hey, we're putting a new episode on Tuesday. We, you know, we're, we've got something to point them to in the future. And that mm-hmm. was something that, um, you know, I hope that that's what I, what I learned from my <laughs> viral things before, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was, um, you know, we, a lot of people are focusing on how do we get the viral moment? Like, how do we, how do I get that jump? Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned from having those jumps that the focus has to be on like if this is your spike, the focus has to be on like what's right after the spike. Yeah. Because anybody can go up, but you can go right back down. I mean, yeah. think about how many videos you see on TikTok every day. Mm-hmm. But if we can go up and then slow that that decline that down and get those as dedicated fans, that's my strategy now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I learned that from the stand-up. So I don't know if that answered your question. I hope that did. But yeah, um, no, it, it does. It, it felt like you were putting out a lot of stuff and then well at the time maybe you were putting out less stuff and now you're prepared to always have a consistent stream but even the way that you took off was by experimenting a lot and then something blew up and it sounds like you did the same a little bit with the podcast that consistency but Mm -hmm. there's almost a gap in my head where it's sort of like you talk about the first 30 episodes and that um, Tim you said that you were sort of more relaxed about it just experimenting And then eventually something changes in your guy's head where you're like, okay, we're going to invest more in this and and make bigger strategies. What made you decide that, oh, I'm going to focus on this podcast more? I think it it was a couple of things. I think it was a couple of things. I think a a lot of people started to notice, like, I mean, we had always had like a pretty, very slow, steady growth rate 
for Tillin. Um, but it wasn't insane. I think what, what did we ha- say we had in January? Like about a thousand a month. In January 2021? Yeah. We had about 2,000. About 2,000. We had slowly been growing to that yeah. number. And like when we hit that number, we were like, oh my gosh. like Downloads or streams? Down- downloads. downloads a month. 2,000 downloads. And at, when we hit that number, we were like, oh my gosh, like people are actually like interested in this and, and people were coming back and our numbers were staying consistent. Um, I think it was a combination of a couple of things. One, as my stand-up stuff grew, I kept gaining new followers. Um, and that was something that... Uh, you know, obviously as people are interested in what I'm doing, they became interested in the podcast just because I was a part of it. So it was mostly, I think for the first, you know, I, I, I'm curious what episode number we really started taking serious. Mm -hmm. Um, but for the first however many episodes or whatever, it was, it really kind of was a hobby of ours. Mm -hmm. I, I treated it as an extension of Jaron Meyer's comedy stuff. Yeah. So I was just like, Oh yeah, that's a podcast because I'm a comedian and that's what one Avenue we have to do. But I think when 2020 happened, it was kind of like a good reset mm-hmm. um, where I wasn't doing any shows. And so now I had time to, and I was telling Tim, I'm like, listen, I'm not doing any shows. I've got the time. Let's readjust our strategy for this. Yeah. I uh, put out a call to my followers for interns. And I was yeah. like, hey, does anybody want to help us do this dumb podcast? <laughs> um, and so we, we assembled a team. We've, mm-hmm. we've had an audio engineer for a few years. We've paid him. So... Um, Yeah, it's, I'm trying to think. It's a bigger question than what I'm answering it as. Yeah. So the gap, I think, is this, is that I treated it as an extension of my job. So I was pouring money into it. Mm-hmm. I was paying about five or $600 a month. And you were pouring t- more time into it as well. Yeah, I was originally editing yeah. the videos and I was doing all like the graphics and everything for it. Yeah. Um, and our audio engineer was just there to live switch and make it sound good, uh, yeah. which is still what he does. But uh, <laughs> that's not all he does. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's, yeah. You know, not to minimize his role. It's very important. But uh, so I was doing a lot of the heavy lifting. And then when 2020 happened, I was like, well, hey, let's figure out a way that when shows come back next month, yeah. as we all thought, <laughs> um, I was like, well, then let's set up a system so that when I'm traveling again, this isn't as much burden on me and it's something that we could, mm-hmm. you know, really be putting out regularly mm-hmm. uh, because I was watching the rise of TikTok. So mm-hmm. I put a video out on TikTok. The first video I post gets a million views. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I think TikTok is interesting. It. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's for me when I was like, okay, let's. And then I realized that not only was I getting a million views on TikTok, but the TikTok followers were converting. Mm-hmm. They were seeking out other. So, mm-hmm. You know, I was gaining 25,000 followers on TikTok and and 10 of them would come over to Instagram. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, not 10 people, 10,000 of them would yeah. come over. And I was like, this is ridiculous growth. Yeah. Uh, and so as I was growing, I was like, well, I need more content to post them to. Here's a regular podcast that's coming out. Yeah. We assembled a team of, you know, a project manager, uh, a video editor, and our video editor was just a fan of me and of our mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. And so he was willing to do it for free at the beginning, um, which at I, at the beginning, <laughs> well, it's not like, well, I'm not saying he didn't, he never demanded money from us. Yeah. We you just know? started. I yeah. just don't like to exploit people. I even yeah. felt bad about it then, yeah. you know, but I, I even, I just saw it as like a, Hey, do you want to be part of, you know, I thought we could maybe find a high schooler or a college student to do video mm-hmm. editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turns out that's what he does for his job. So he was just, he was very nice to us. Yeah. Um, he's still on our team. He's still very nice, but now yeah. we pay him what he's yeah. worth. Um, and so, 
so that was, you know, middle of 2020. I remember that summer is kind of when you and I were talking mm-hmm. um, and you were considering leaving your job you were at. Yeah. And uh, we were watching the way that um, podcasters were able to go full time. And mm-hmm. we're able to make money from it. And I kept yeah. telling Tim, I've told Tim since the beginning, this is something that could be making us money. Like we yeah. could, you know. Um, and then so we really leaned into it. We were seeing really steady growth because we were putting out consistent episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously when when you hit that, that pop with social media, mm-hmm. um, that added a ton to our numbers. We went from yeah. 2,000 a month to 150,000 a month. And then again, we went up. But instead of going straight down, we've now, I don't want to say trickled down, but like we've leveled out at a lower number. But but that lower number, we could get discouraged by that. We could be like, oh, it's not as high as our our numbers from last May. Or we can look at it compared to our numbers from last January and we're still 80 times more we were doing. You know, like it's still ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not 80 times, whatever. But it's like, it's still an (laughs) insane, it's still. 20 times more yeah. than what we were doing yeah. back then. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's 2020 is when we developed a system and I was kind of like, mm-hmm. listen, if we take this serious and we put in the effort and we really lean into this for a few years, mm-hmm. this could be a thing where I'm not sinking the money into it anymore. Yeah. I think, I think for you, you started to realize, Oh, Hey, this isn't just kind of like this side piece to my career that just kind of helps like be something on the edge. You realize, Hey, this actually could drive some things as well. And then I mm-hmm. think I started to look at it and say, Hey, this is more than just a hobby. This has, this can be something that can actually become a side gig or maybe even a full-time thing for me in the future. And so yeah. I think for, for both of us, we, we realized, Hey, this isn't, this isn't just something we do on, on Thursday nights anymore. A big turning point for me was 2019 when uh, my girlfriend listens to true crime podcasts. She listens to my favorite murder. You're familiar with them. Mm-hmm. Um, do you listen to true crime podcasts? Sometimes they give me anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They no, can be a little yeah. terrifying as the genre right. is meant so, to be. Um, she listens to my favorite murder. And uh, so I was looking at their website one day and this was 2019. Again, it feels like the podcasting world changed a lot in the last few years, and we're just acting like all this is normal. But there was a time where this was like, you know, this was like, what the heck? 2019, my favorite murder is doing live tours. So they're doing live podcasts, which was not unheard of, but it just wasn't as common as it is now, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so they did the theater downtown Kansas City that holds 3,500 seats, and they did two sold-out shows. So they sold 7,000 tickets in Kansas Mm -hmm. City. And yeah. so in my mind, I was like, wait, that's a, that's, that's an option. That's possible. <laughs> like, it's not just ad revenue that could come from the podcast, but that's a thing that could happen. Uh, that's whenever I started looking at the podcast, like, oh, we got to like do that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so have, I had been, have you done been a pushing live for, it for a long time. We did our first live show on October 30th, 2021 sold out, yeah. uh, you know, not a 3,500 seat theater, yeah, 75 3, seats, you know, 3,700 seats. <laughs> we went bigger. No, uh, <laughs> so it was only 75 seats. Cause we were like, let's see how and it was let's really intimate, it but it was a mm-hmm. blast. It was, it so was fun. like, that's that night for me was definitely also formative where I was yeah. like, man, this is, this is the direction I want this to go. I want mm-hmm. this to not only be like, how do I describe this? 
I have been putting so much more focus on the people who already listen to our show. Yeah. Um, and that's what we've talked about a lot with our strategy is let's honor the people who are already listening. Make because it a they're gonna, community. Yeah, let's build a community out of this. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to fish for TikTok people to come in, that's all, mm-hmm. growth is important. That's great mm-hmm. to kind of get casual that's listeners. That's part of the people, strategy. New people to listen mm-hmm. to the show. But we've got people who have been listening since episode one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, let's keep them in. Yeah, keep them know? excited and invested. And, yeah, and let's, mm-hmm. like, let's, let's do this. So when we're looking at stuff, I'm looking at like, does this honor their investment of mm-hmm. time does this honor yeah. the 100 plus hours they've now put into our show mm-hmm. yeah and that's that's a that's a big like pivotal shift that i think i don't think i've ever heard of another podcaster like or really any content creator thinking of it this way but we're looking at especially our our patrons mm-hmm. and saying hey we should know all of their names not just yeah. their username on Patreon but we should know all of their names we should make an effort to get to know them i actually got coffee with one of them the other day i'm like I, we're trying to make this effort in Kansas City. Yeah, yeah we're trying to make this effort to be like hey like let's build a community you're invested in the show like we mm-hmm. want to show hey we're actually like invested in you as like our core community as well um which is different um but I would say like we've barely started doing this and already but it's, it's so been much more fun so fun. Yeah. It's been so cool. Oh my gosh. There's one, uh, Abigail has mm-hmm. her car covered with our stickers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am waiting until like see it out in public. I'm like, <laughs> where is this car at? You know, like I, I yeah. we just got people who are bought into the show. Yeah. And so for me, they are more valuable than our casual listeners. I don't know how we pivoted to our audience or whatever, but I was, yeah. I, I know we're way, we're, this is a long answer to your question. <laughs> but um, No, I, I appreciate but it. But yeah, yeah, anyway. It's nice to, because I think it is complicated, right? The journey that you guys have had to where you're at now and even where you're trying to take it, that creativity, the business mindedness, like mm-hmm. you guys, um, it's almost like everybody, there are principles that we can distill for everyone, but also like everyone's show is, can be so different that there's these specificities of you yeah. cracking your own code. Um, have you guys ever faced burnout where you almost quit, but I, like, did you ever, or is it the two of I you together? Quit. Oh, you did. I straight up, I, yeah. I called a meeting with Jaren. We went to the, the, Chick-fil-A, he filmed his Chick-fil-A rap at. And I sat down and I quit the podcast. <laughs> and he didn't let me. He was like, no. no. <laughs> He's like, no, you're not. <laughs> what year was that? Uh 2019. Yeah. I that think. was right whenever that was the same time that I saw the theater and I was like, oh, that's the dream. Was Tim being like, I don't have time for this. I was I literally know. burning out outside of the podcast though yeah. then. But I, I would say there's been other moments too where it's just been like, because I mean, the strategy we've built is a lot of work. I mean, we've got a team of six people, mm-hmm. six, seven. There's six of us. Six, there's six people working on it. I mean, we easily put 30, 40 man hours a week into this. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and there has been a couple seasons where, pieces of that team have been less available. And so we've had to pick up a little extra weight. Um, and that's definitely been hard because to continue that strategy and push it forward the same way we've done to the level we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely like you feel that weight for sure. But, well, and that was what was important. If I'm going to talk tangibly about people who want to do what we're doing, um, then I'll talk a little more broader about like this. So the reason that 2020 when I was like, let's set up a team, let's set up a mm-hmm. strategy 
And one of the things that we did was we created a hierarchy of needs for the podcast, mm-hmm. right? So uh, on our base level, our hierarchy is our production. Obviously, if we don't have an episode, there's nothing to put out. Mm-hmm. So we made it a priority that we want to be five episodes ahead and we want to have that production done so that we can go to the next level, which is social media content. So if we're not five episodes ahead, then we can't focus on social media content. If we're only three episodes ahead, that has to wait because we haven't got, we haven't finished our production level. And so um, then once we've, you know, once we're there, we're doing social media content. That means we're trying to clip episodes uh, mm-hmm. and make vertical videos for TikTok and for Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, make clips for YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, trying to figure out something to post every day yeah. beyond that we're looking at all the bonus content for Patreon. Mm -hmm. And so um, we're doing, we do a thing called after the fiddle, which is, you know, we say at the end of the episode, we go, okay, fiddle off. We keep recording and we give them an extra five or 10 minutes of just commenting of like, oh, that was a good thing. Or if there was a tangent that we really wanted to go on, but we knew that Mm -hmm. would be way off topic in the Mm -hmm. episode, we do that there. That becomes an extra five to 10 minute clip. Yeah. Um, that we do after that. And then after that, we move to merch. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we move to like ads, uh, like ads mm-hmm. and, and then know, like both uh, internal, external ads, mass reaching mm-hmm. content, things yeah. that we think could, um, like trunk ballet. Yeah. Beyond just promoting one episode, mm-hmm. things that we think could rope people rope, in. Rope in. And so we developed like a hierarchy of needs of like, this is, and, and it's, it works the same way that every hierarchy needs does. If this one's not met, we can't move we on can't to the next on. one. Yeah. And we realized so, real quick, we don't have time to get past the first level of this. Yeah, that's what we learned. <laughs> with For just sure. the two of us. For sure, though. If, that, yeah. if, like, if that's where I'm going, this is what it needs to be what we want this to be, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, then we have to do it that way. Yeah. The other thing about that is that you were burnt out in every area of your life, not yeah. just in podcasting. Mm-hmm. So that's why you wanted to quit. Yeah. Um, so... What I would, the biggest thing that I, and this goes beyond podcasting, is don't set a pace that you can't keep up with. Yep. yep. Um, and that was a mistake that we made at the very mm-hmm. beginning when we were mm-hmm. like, we're putting episodes out every week. And then if you go look at the release dates of all our episodes, <laughs> you realize <laughs> it did not play out that way. Yeah. We went F month to F month <laughs> once, which is February to February. Right? <laughs> we went, uh, we went like, April to August without putting an episode out. Yeah. We tried to do seasons because we were mm-hmm. like, man, we just need summer. Like we were trying to fix, mm-hmm. and we were, and then, again, that's what I'm saying is there was a learning curve. We were trying to figure that out as we were going. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the goal was we're going to put an episode every, every Tuesday, then we need to set a pace that makes that possible. Yeah. And if that's not possible to do, then we need to adjust it to be every other Tuesday yeah, or every, you know, whatever, or once a month, whatever it is. But the, the important thing is, is is setting a pace that is consistent because consistency is more important than uh what's the word quantity yeah i think you know i would rather have one episode a week so you get 52 episodes than a mm-hmm. hundred episodes over the course of three months and then nothing for the rest nothing of the year for, yeah well. because if our goal is that every tuesday morning on someone's commute to work they go oh it's tuesday let mm-hmm. me listen to tillin mm-hmm. uh we got to be there. We've got to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, if our goal is to establish that as a habit for them, mm-hmm. um, then we've got to show up for that. Yep. And this, the minute we don't, then we're not reliable to them yeah. and they won't be reliable to us. Exactly. And then you lose them. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, going back to that, like we had to build that team because we knew we wouldn't make it without it. There's, mm-hmm. there's, I think it's an old 
African proverb, I think. Oh, um, you go farther. Yeah, you, it's a, you want to go fast, go alone. You want to go far, go together. Um, and I think that's I think that's the thing. Like too many people are trying to do stuff like this by themselves. Like it it takes a team, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to th- I was trying to think of like I know we go off on tangents. Obviously, that's what we do. Yeah. But I want to make sure it's valuable for your listeners. You know. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I think for us, this goal with the podcast is like on one level. Um, that's why we like start a little bit lighter. We want people to just see the great creators that we have on the platform. You guys, yeah, you guys are super hilarious and awesome. And we're so happy that you're with us. And then like, we do just have so many inspire, like aspiring creators and it's tough. Even like me listening to you guys right now, I'm like me trying to start my own podcast and I'm thinking about the pacing that I can have, but I'm the type of person who would be like, Oh crap, I'm really burnt out. I want to give up. And I, cause I'm doing the show alone right now. I'm not going to have like that friend to be like, listen, dude, sure. holding you to this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's where the oh, pacing maybe that, becomes oh. even more important. Yeah. Continue. I'll say one thing that I found that works for me is that I'll announce things, not announce things. I won't be like, huh. but if we mention it in an episode or like I'll, yeah. I'll tweet something and be like, you know, I'm going to do a new comedy special this year. It just like, for whatever reason, what motivates yeah. me is the fact that I'll tell people, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do a comedy special this yeah. fall. And then if I don't do it, then I just lied to a bunch of people, you know? And yeah. And so, Jaren, Jaren has a problem with being a liar. I don't. I'm that okay really motivates me. I don't know what it is, but like, I, like when I'm hanging yeah. out with people and like, and I'm like my friends, the, the coffee shop, whatever, like, yeah. you know, yeah. I'll, I'll drop it into conversations and be like, yeah, one of my plans is to do, I'll tell people my goals for the year. And for whatever reason that motivates me to, but I think it's also maybe it's that I'm bringing it up a lot and I'm, I'm thinking about it often, yeah. um, is that I'm keeping my goals kind of at the, the, front. the forefront of my mind, mm-hmm. but Yeah. When mm-hmm. when is y'all's friend anniversary and how are you going to celebrate? Ten years, by the way, in marriages is year of tin and aluminum. Oh, sweet! Is it really? Well, I'm going to get you so much aluminum foil. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be absurd. I'm going to get you a bunch of tin. You can make the alien half. Oh, there we go. Oh no. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's what August of. No. Well, okay. What do you count as our friend anniversary? I mean, I count well, October thirtieth. I mean, we met in August yeah. of twenty twenty-two or twenty twelve. <laughs> okay, so we met in August of twenty twelve in college. Yeah. First day of class, second day of class, whatever mm-hmm. that first week of school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I count our first day of like actual oh, that's friendship. Right. The taco as, tour. Uh, when in two thousand twelve. Taco Bell came out with a Dorito Loco taco shell, you know, where you can get a Dorito shell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do they have those where you live? Yes. Yeah, I've seen. So they've got them everywhere. It's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not a local Taco Bell thing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but they can't, that was new. That was brand new. Brand new. All right. Yeah. And I know it's normal now, but I'm telling you, back, back in 2012, that was oh. revolutionary, right? Yeah. So what they were doing as a promotion is that they were giving away free tacos. Mm-hmm. No purchase necessary. Yeah, just one right? free nacho taco. And so in class, I'm looking up, because I didn't care about college. In class, <laughs> I'm looking up how many Taco Bells are there in Springfield. There were 10. Yeah. And Tim's sitting next to me, and I said, hey, man, Taco Bell's giving away free tacos 
all day today. Do you want to try to hit all 10 of these Taco Bells? There was like a, there was like a two hour window <laughs> we were going to have to do this. So we made this map around the city yeah. to get there as fast as possible to all of them. And we hit all 10 and we tried to hit one of them twice, but he caught us. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Cause we, we went in there and he was like, you guys were here earlier. And we were like, Oh, all right. So anyway, we got all 10 and that was the day that I think, I would say that's when we became best friends. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. taco tour. So October 30th, which we did not know. I realized just last week that October 30th was also when we did our live show. Our live show, yeah. And we didn't know it was our friend anniversary. Yeah. Tillin actually came out on the 31st, the first Tillin. So. Yeah. Wow. October, big, big month for us. (laughs) Yeah. October 31st, our first episode came out. October 30th is our... Look wow. at us. I need to have all of my babies on October. I was going to say, we need to coordinate our, <laughs> coordinate our successful births, children. Births. <laughs> <laughs> yelling, yelling at your wife, like, hold it in. She's not ready yet. <laughs> Making sure that we, we're going to have kids at the same time. <laughs> Suck it in. <laughs> Clinch. Clinch. <laughs> Sorry. You have nothing to apologize. Uh, you can edit all that out. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a big month for us. We don't know. Yeah, 10 and a I don't know what we're going to do for this year. Yeah, we got to do something. We'll figure out something. We'll do something fun. Probably a podcast episode. <laughs> all right, you guys. Is there anything that you want to share about what you're working on or what's coming up? Um, anything to plug? Uh, we have a podcast. It's called Things I Learned Last Night. <laughs> You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> I hate that I was going to do that. <laughs> I was going to be like, yeah, I do this podcast with my best friend. It's very dumb. Um, no, I would just say, hey, you know, uh, we, I know that we have a successful podcast and I know that it's successful because of the work that we put into it. But I am not going to discount the the two or the three years almost where we just kind of fumbled around and tried. Mm-hmm. And so you said a second ago that you're worried about burning out and setting a pace. Those are all things that I'm like, yeah, you should definitely figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the same thing I would tell anybody who wanted to do stand-up comedy or whatever, you know, is that sure, you should figure out a routine where you're writing all the time and mm-hmm. you should try to get as much stage time as you can. But the impo- the most important thing w- with whatever you're trying to go after is to start. That mm-hmm. is like literally, that is it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if, if you put uh, one episode out and then it sits for a month or two and then you put mm-hmm. another one out after. Like that does not matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the important thing is that you sit down. If you're trying to do a podcast, you sit down, you record, and you put it out, and then you you just figure out what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's important. This is what I do with jokes, right? With when I'm writing stand up, if I don't think it's funny, uh, an audience probably won't think it's funny. <laughs> so, if you are doing a podcast and you don't think it's worth the time to listen to, mm-hmm. it's probably not worth the time to listen to. Yeah, we both listen to our own podcasts more than any other. <laughs> I have listened to every episode probably three or four times. I'm yeah. not like I, yeah, I yeah, genuinely yeah. enjoy listening to our show, mm-hmm. and which may, which gives me confidence that other yeah. people enjoy it. Because if you don't like mm-hmm. what you're creating, mm-hmm. why? Why would someone else if you're not like, yeah. you know, but we also learn how to sharpen it that way. Like yeah, we also absolutely. listen and we're constantly testing each other. Be like, Hey, in this episode, we did this. 
let's not do that or let's yeah. do that more or stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Just it's reassessing, important. reevaluating, mm-hmm. you know, um, being critical, but not too critical. But would you say, yeah. yeah, if you, if you feel like you don't love it when you listen back to it and, and, you know, maybe even some of the examples that we were talking about earlier, would you still just put it out? Yeah. At this point, I mean, at, at this point, at this point, I think we would, I think when we were first starting, we probably would have been like, okay, let's practice a little more before we start releasing this. Um, yeah. but now that we're rolling, I think it's like, it's, I think it's more important to keep the ball rolling than it is to try to get the ball into that perfect round shape before we let it roll, you know? Yeah. You guys are at a higher baseline. Yeah. Well, and you could also get stuck in the perfection paralysis, mm-hmm. you know, where if, if it doesn't meet this record, then you just don't put it out. And it's like, there's things that I didn't think were good. Mm-hmm. Not things that I was like, well, you know, I kind of like that, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. that a lot of our fans really connect with. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or like there was a, in the in the Tesla bot episode, there's like a 10 minute chunk where we got really serious about, mm-hmm. um, you know, if robots end up doing the mundane jobs so mm-hmm. that all of us can live without having with, and I think the, the idea is that, whatever, this is again going on a tangent, but uh, like the idea of you wouldn't have to work those jobs, all the, all the clerks and all the, mm-hmm. you know, your delivery pizza, your pizza delivery guy would just be a robot that brings the food so mm-hmm. that everyone else is free to do whatever they want. And so we went on a 10 minute tangent about, well, what does it mean to work? What does it mean to enjoy your job? Whatever mm-hmm. that job. And it got is. really serious. And it got really serious. And I, I remember thinking like, oh, I don't know if this our is audience our is show. really going to follow that thread, but mm-hmm. a lot of people messaged mm-hmm. and were they were like, do that like, more. They were like, yeah, please <laughs> do more of that. Like we really enjoyed yeah. that part. And so I think, with if you're going to listen back to stuff and go ah well you know i don't really like it um mm-hmm. part of it is i'm going to enjoy it and so i'm gonna put it out now i enjoyed the tangent i enjoyed mm-hmm. the conversation we had mm-hmm. but i didn't know if it would hit hard with an audience yeah yeah, yeah um yeah. but i'm saying i enjoyed that mm-hmm. you know um so therefore we just put it out mm-hmm. um and it's okay to hold stuff back. We we pulled yeah. an episode uh, because it wasn't very timely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we we did an episode about a topic that then was very much in the news, and it was like, oh yeah, this is not a good time to put this episode out. A comedic take on this, this topic. topic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we just held it back, you know. And I think that's just wisdom, as mm-hmm. more than it is like, you know, not quality or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that's the only time we've held an episode back. But Again, I'll say it's a little bit like riding a bike where, you know, again, when you're starting, you break a lot and you put your feet on the ground and you Mm -hmm. do all that stuff. But eventually, I don't know how often you've ridden a bike. It starts becoming like riding a bike. (laughs) It starts to become like riding a bike, you know? Uh, You idiot. No, but it starts to become like you're like yeah. you when you're first doing it, you're really you concentrating on your balance and you're concentrating on moving your feet and you're mm-hmm. you're concentrating on all the technical parts of it. But if you again, that's what I'm saying. It's important just to start yeah. eventually and to it keep clicks. going because eventually you're riding your bike and you're not thinking about same thing with walking. Mm-hmm. You watch a baby walk and they're really really mm-hmm. trying real hard, but you, we're gonna get them walk across the room just fine. Well, I'm a you professional will. I won't. at it now. <laughs> I'm so good at walking. You know. <laughs> Uh, because our brains learn to do they it, figured it out, you know, mm-hmm. um, that eventually you don't have to concentrate as hard on the basics and fundamentals because you're natural at them. And that's, that's where natural. I think we are with the podcast now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but again, it took us time to do that. Yeah. And I'm, I think that 
you know, in the terms of, especially in the world we're in right now, the idea, social media, overnight success, all that stuff. If you see me blow up on TikTok in 2021, you don't see me performing for three people in Colorado in 2014. Yeah. You know, you didn't see the seven years of work that I put in for my stand-up career. You just saw a video, literally ran into somebody last night at a gas station who was like, hey, I follow you online. I was like, great. And he's like, so what are you up to? Like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm stand-up. Yeah. And he's like, full-time? Yeah, for like a few years. (laughs) And he goes, oh, wow. I I mean, I just heard about you last year. I didn't know you were full. And I was like, yeah. You know, it was a little odd, but it was just like, yeah, when you see somebody online and you see an overnight success, you're not seeing the work mm-hmm. that we put into it. Yeah, it's never so overnight. If you're chasing it overnight, if you're going to put an episode out and be like, oh, a ton of people are going to listen to this and you get 12 listeners, then you're going to view that as a failure. But if you put this out of this is a growth model, this is an opportunity to uh, hone a craft, this is an opportunity to have something to point people back to. Uh, and this is a habit that I can develop of creating content. Being a person who creates is more important than being a person who's recognized for creating, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. That's yep. awesome. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. So that's my new book. <laughs> that's um, my new uh, book. <laughs> <laughs> that's the plug. He's oh, it's a, it's a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the book. No, a uh, good plug, actually. Jaren's got a lot of shows all the time. Oh, yeah, so I've got stand-up shows. JarenMyers.com, however you um, think it's spelled, it'll get you there. Yeah, I've, I've bought every version of how to spell my name, and you can get there. <laughs> um, that's not, yeah. Um, but, yeah, i got live stand-up shows. If anybody so. wants to check out things I learned last night, I think my favorite way of going through it is just scrolling until you see the headline or the captions that stick up to you. I checked out the Bob Ross and Sarah Palin one, which was also oh, Bob Ross having a crush on Sarah Palin, which was so odd to me. But just give, so them, give them a scroll. No, it was, it was yeah. really good. Um, but yeah, getting, getting into the top 10% of podcasts is no easy feat. Like seriously, we, you know, I respect you guys so much. Thank you for being willing to pop up in the hood like this and like share the insights on all the different things you've done to get there. Cause you know, it wasn't like a straight shoot and you guys really sort of started the tangents to me really helped cause you really started showing all the different ways you had to think and change. So I appreciate it so much. Thank you guys for joining me today. And that's, that's a wrap. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thank you for tuning in to this second episode of the Vocal Podcast with Tim Stone and Jaron Myers of Things I Learned Last Night. If you would like to reach out to the duo, you can reach them through their contact page on their website, tilln.com slash contact. That's tillin.com slash contact. If you're a podcaster with Sounder who would like to be featured in this show, you can email our team at vocal at sounder.fm. That's V-O-C-A-L at S-O-U-N-D-E-R dot F-M. Until next time.